This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is a journey into sound. Much as you try to bury it, the truth is out there. The truth lives right here, Houston. On this day, I see clearly. Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bijani and Creighton. Yeah, good evening, everybody. Welcome in. It's Sports Radio 610's Area 45. I'm Sean Bajani. He's Patrick Creighton. We appreciate you joining us. Once again this evening, if you've become a regular listener to the program, we greatly appreciate it. If you're new to the program, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, Here's how you can be a part of the show each and every single night at all times. Hit us up, 713-572-4610, 572-4610. You can call or text the program. Uh, We want to hear from you. Not just saying it, hit us up. Uh, you're on point. You're on topic. We'll get to your phone calls. You can also watch us on Twitch. That's a new thing um, that we're very proud of. You can just search 610 Houston and catch us there and watch all of the shows every day on Sports Radio 610. Also on YouTube, just search Sports Radio 610 and find us that way on Twitter. Of course, we're always there at P Creighton, the number one at Sean Bajani for myself. A lot going on today. Uh, to get to pitchers and catchers reported earlier today out in Florida, a lot of uh, news, some good, some not so good coming from Florida, but uh, we will get to all of it uh, in this program and get your reaction to it all as well. Um, We've got Andre Johnson day 2.0 again at NRG. We're going to hear a lot from him coming up in the program. PC. Did you see the video? From down at NRG today, by the way? I have not yet seen the video. It's like a damn parade. <laughs> Andre Johnson gets out of his car on Kirby. There's people lined up on the sidewalk. There's balloons. There's cheering. There's music. He walks in and people just... It looked like the very first day that D'Amico Ryans walked into NRG as the head coach of the Houston Texans. It was that way for Andre Johnson celebrating his Hall of Fame induction, which will be official uh, August 3rd this summer. Did they have food and booze? Like, was there an invitation that I missed? I don't know if there was food and booze, but Dre did talk a little bit about how they uh, probably enjoyed a little food and booze in Vegas with the McNairs during his availability today. (laughs) He said they had way too good of a time in Vegas, and I can imagine so. Thanks, Ron. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Ron, once again. (laughs) Jerk! That's not true. We were just messing around, right? Uh, But a lot of good stuff from Andre Johnson today. Always. Um... He is the most calm, cool, collected guy, no matter the situation. You couldn't tell if he'd just been inducted into the Hall of Fame or if he was talking about his puppy 
uh, being sick or something. Like, that's just who he is. He's very chill, very nonchalant, but very excited for him. This is my excited voice. Yeah. <laughs> this is my sedated voice. Always the same. <laughs> I remember covering Andre Johnson back in 2006, seven when I first started here. I was telling you, like, when he had braces back in the day and he had the rubber band braces and he barely opened his mouth to speak then, it's the same. It doesn't matter. This is how I talked when I beat the hell out of Cortland Finnegan. Yeah. I said, come at me, bitch. (laughs) Come at me. That was Dre. We'll hear from him. Rockets and Grizzlies in action tonight. Uh, That's the last game before the All-Star break. So the Rockets coming off of a a really good quality win. No matter how they got it, Mr. Chris Santiago, uh, they got the win against the New York Knicks the other night. That's all that matters. That's all that matters, baby. (laughs) They've got the Grizzlies tonight. We'll keep you updated throughout the game, uh, throughout the show, rather, on the score of the game. But I was uh, about to turn on the parade earlier today in Kansas city and it was just back and forth, you know, playing with my boy and we'd get back from church and, uh, scrolling Twitter a little bit before I'm about to hit the, hit the TV. And I see a post from, uh, friend of the station, formerly a sports radio, Six Ten, Nick Wright, uh, the, the creator of in the loop here on sports radio, Six Ten, which you can still hear each and every day, 10 to two with, Landry Locker and John Lopez. It was him and Travis Kelsey, like embracing in one of the most awkward hugs that you'll ever see. Um, At some point, it looked like Travis Kelsey was either going to beat the hell out of Nick Wright or just kiss him. And it was a lot closer to a kiss that turned into a bro hug. But then I, I saw some comments below that and said, man, what the heck's going on? Nick Wright's talking about FS1, staff is okay, we're all good. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Next thing you know, I turn it on, and there's a mass shooting up there. And the initial reports were eight injured, uh, no fatalities, but they had apprehended two armed individuals. And as the minutes and hours wore on, here we are now at 7.06 Central Time PC, and the number, the last one I saw before a basketball game took over coverage on our TV screen was 22 injured and two fatalities and three uh, people have been apprehended. A lot of the people injured are kids. I think it was uh, eight eight children that are now reported to be uh, injured. 11. 11. So it continues to go up. Nine of them suffered gunshot wounds. Man, that's crazy. And to, to think that this happened so close to the stage and the timing of it. I don't know if there, <laughs> there's never a good time, but apparently the parade was just ending. Yeah, so when I turned the TV the on of, of the rally, per yeah, I saw the aftermath of the, of the shooting and everything that was kind of crazy and going on. And we're watching all of this back at the house. And uh, it just, it, it, it was nuts. And it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, the, the numbers, you know, you just pray, Thoughts and prayers go out to everybody affected, obviously, but that the numbers just stop going up because it seems like every 30 minutes they just climb and climb and climb. So I tell you, I feel like it's a miracle that we only have, you know, one or two people who were dead and 20 or so who are injured. I'd seen reports that the estimated crowd is anywhere between 300 and 500,000 yeah. people. Yeah. They had 800 police on staff. Yep. Like, the police are super outnumbered. 
Yeah. And to think how 800 fits into, let's just split the the baby and call it 400,000. How does 800 patrol 400,000? It's nuts. It's one to every 50,000. In just sheer chaos. Or 5,000, Flying bullets. Yeah. Like, how are you, like, you're trying to run into a situation everybody's trying to run out of, and you're outnumbered, like, 5,000 to one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's nuts. Here's here's the thing, and I I'm not gonna say that I didn't think anything of it. Obviously, I did because it stuck with me. That's why I'm bringing it up to you. Literally last night after the show, I'm driving home and I'm about halfway there, and I'm listening to an overnight program, and uh, they're talking about uh, a report of Taylor Swift going to the parade today, and it was at the time. I think a report from Parade Magazine, I believe it is, that said via the police chief of Kansas City that they were not staffed. They did not have the resources to handle security-wise something like Taylor Swift going to their parade. They just didn't feel confident. So there was a hope and an urge for her to kind of like not go. And then there was another report saying, well, yeah, she's not going anyway because she's resuming her tour uh, in Australia, and she's actually en route there now. So there's no way she's going to the parade route. Well, after all those reports had come out, the mayor of Kansas City released a statement, as he should have, and as a responsible public leader should have, that as to not cause any reason for concern that they were going to be understaffed or outmanned severely and people that were going, that were planning on going, giving them no reason to fear for safety, he said, we're going to have plenty. In fact, they said, we'd be enchanted if Taylor Swift or somebody like that decided to come and celebrate the championship parade with us. Uh, Just trying to kind of calm and put at ease anybody's concern for a lack of security and then this happens that's that that's just unthinkable it's unfortunate and that stuck with me and for a millisecond you think to yourself when you hear something like that oh god who else is hearing that public officials lying to the public that's never happened yeah but you know it's something that needed to be said right i mean you're not that's the last thing you want to do is create fear before an event like that, you want people to go out and enjoy, have a good time. You don't want them to be always in fear for their life. You've got to be able to go out and enjoy that. And look, the mayor did the right thing. I think if it was not true, then you better have damn well had gotten the proper amount of resources in place to do that. The initial reports that I was reading was that the FBI was actually already out there. Like they were prepared as extra security just to keep an eye on things. And unfortunately, you needed them and a whole hell of a lot more. And then at the end of the day, who is it that, you know, subdued these, you know, people shooting? Regular citizens. Yeah, I was just reading a story about, you know, you're you're starting to hear the uh, hero stories coming out. An Omaha hero tackled one of the suspected shooters at today's tragic mass shooting in Kansas City, says one report. Uh, didn't think about it. Just reaction. Didn't hesitate. Just do it. Just regular people yeah. are the ones who are who are stopping these people. But again, when you're one to every 5,000 people, security to just uh, observer, fan, onlooker, it, that's 
thank God you have people out there like that, but it's a damn shame that you need them to do that when you're just trying to be out there and enjoy yourself. Um, I, and look, I, I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole. No, no, I was about we, to close the rabbit hole there, up. There needs to be some sort of common sense gun reform in this country. We can't be the country of mass shootings. We can't be the, we're the only like first world country where people are getting shot every day. Right there, there's now been 43 school shootings this year. The year is 45 days old. That's insane. Not to mention now you've got shootings that you got a mass shooting at a Super Bowl parade. We had a shooting right uh, down the block here at, at Lakewood Church by someone who apparently had a long history of like psychotic behavior and uh, abusive behavior towards their ex husband, towards their child, like. Number one, how do they have custody of the child? Number two, why do the hell do they have a gun? Like, there, there are so many problems with the system. And I know that anybody who's, you know, wants to go, there's no need for gun laws. It's, it's all mental health. Okay, well, then they need to be combined so that people with mental health issues are not buying guns. I get it, but you know what? Like, if some crazy wants here. a gun, they're going to go get a gun. But that doesn't mean you got to make it easy. No, I mean, I, I agree with I'm that. I'm not saying regularly, like, if you're just a regular, normal person, no issue with you having a gun, but people who have backgrounds that are messed up shouldn't be so easy I, I, for them to to just get a gun. And, I'd like and to see that day. I that agree is part with of you. the issue. I, there's there are an overwhelming majority of people who own guns are responsible gun owners, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to infringe on them. But if you're an, uh, a responsible gun owner uh, and a 24 hour background check, I mean, look realistically with technology now those background checks should take 30 minutes mm. but you, that you can't you have to be able to run backgrounds on people and agencies have to be putting accurate info into the system like in a, in a reasonable amount of time it can't be oh yeah 3 years ago this person was checked into a mental facility <laughs> but we never got around to putting it in the system so oops are bad yeah like and and this is there's just there's too damn many crazy people who who are getting access to guns and shooting just randomly shooting people. Yeah, look, I'm not not making light of the situation. It shouldn't at all, have but to be I, on. I feel like regular people. You're right to like shoot back and defend. We just had that at Lakewood Church. The off-duty cops who are serving as security yeah. are in life and death situations because some nut jobs got a off-duty got a lot co- of off-duty cops that happen to be carrying. You know. Um, that's just it. But I was just going to say, you know, not to make light of it, a lot of us could probably do a little bit deeper background checks on any random human being just using a little social media skill. Really? And you know what? <laughs> I'm sorry, but it you. is way too easy to go, well, well, criminals will find ways to get guns no matter what. Because in like literally every other first world country, it is super freaking hard for them to get guns. Right when when there is a mass shooting, yeah, but I'm just talking when about like the a black mass market. Shooting, and... Say in Norway, mm-hmm. it's like holy crap! There was a mass shooting in Norway. This hasn't happened in years. Mm-hmm. What there was like the first mass shooting in uh, Australia for like the first time in like 15 years last year. We have we have them every day, every day. We have to find a way to cut down that number. It can't be every damn. Day. Yeah. All right. These are our children. 
all right, that we have to worry about, are they safe in school? Are they safe in movie theaters? Are they safe at a parade? These are our kids. All right, this isn't, you know, two gangs fighting in the middle of a desert somewhere and it's a shootout, mm-hmm. right? These, these are our damn kids. Yeah, yeah. And if you are a parent of young kids, you, you can't tell them, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with our society. Wait, what happens when uh, that, that shooter comes to your kid's school? You're going to have a real different opinion. It shouldn't have to be when it happens to you, then you care. You should care before it happens to you, Amen to your to that. wife, to your daughter, to your nieces, to your family. We got to stop. We got to find ways to stop getting our damn kids killed. Like I said, common sense, not, hey, we're just going to ban this and we're going to ban that. We're not going to have any of this. But statistics are statistics. And if you um, go, they're scary as hell. If you go back to yeah. the era of the assault weapon ban under the Clintons and you look at the mass shooting statistics then and look at them now, can't say it didn't work. No. I'm not saying that we should be banning every single uh, automatic rifle. But we've got to look deeper into the people that we're letting buy them. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt, man. Um, he's Patrick Creighton, Sean Bajani, Area 45. We'll close up that rabbit hole and get into this one because the Astros, pitchers and catchers, reported today, as did a lot of guys throughout Major League Baseball. Justin Verlander let us in on the last thing that I wanted to hear from him. He called it a hiccup. I feel like it's a little bit more like indigestion. Um, I'll ask UPC if there's real cause for concern next at Sports Radio 610. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bajani and Creighton. I'm a little bit behind schedule right now. I had a little hiccup early on that's resolved itself, but I have to be really cautious with how I'm building up. I guess my body doesn't respond the same at 40 as it does at uh, 25. So, you know, I'm a couple weeks behind. So I think all that 
thought going into those conversations will will play into that. So, I mean, um, that all makes sense to me. Astros ace Justin Verlander, day one of pitchers and catchers reporting. There's the news. He called it a hiccup. Uh, He explained a little further about what set him back exactly and whether or not he's going to be ready for opening day. Uh, Yeah, just when I first started playing catch, I usually shut it down for a while. And this time when I shut it down and picked the ball back up, my shoulder didn't feel so great. Um, So kind of had to take a step back and just kind of like really be diligent about my buildup. I've always been somebody who luckily could just pick up a ball and start throwing it. And this time wasn't quite as easy. So had to slow down a little bit. And I've always liked to give myself as much rest as possible. So my timeline is always a little tight. I think the rest is important. But so with the tight timeline, having to slow things down, a little bit, probably a little bit behind. Any concerns for opening day or anything like that? Um, uh, it's too far, too far down the road to tell. It just depends on how the buildup goes from here. All right, he's Patrick Creighton. I'm Sean Bajani. That was Justin Verlander once again. Now, JV PC, six weeks out from opening day, March 28th, the uh, season opener against the New York Yankees. It'll be the first of a four-game set. So he's got time to continue his ramp up, recovery, rehab, trying to get the shoulder feeling right, whatever you want to call it, but he's two weeks behind. And I think that, and maybe that alone, is why I'm concerned about JV, but in the same breath, I'm not going to freak out about it because you need both of your hands to count how many pitchers the Astros have at some point in time available to them this year. And you still just need one of your hands, and you could fill up all the digits if, in fact, JV is not ready for opening day. Does that make you feel better or meh about this situation? No, I, I have I have some concerns about this. Not panic-level concerns, but I have concerns. Justin Verlander is a week away from his 41st birthday. Mm-hmm. And that he is allegedly two weeks behind because, look, he could be a month behind, and he would tell us it's two weeks. <laughs> Possibly, Astros, yeah. Astros, Yeah, right? Astros, yeah. It's like, you know, I, I have discomfort. But we'll find out if it's the same old Astros this year at some point. And the fact that he is 41 years, a week away from being 41 years old, and he's got the D word in his shoulder, which, by his own account, he doesn't usually have. And some of the reports reported inflammation in that shoulder. That, that should worry us a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not Again, this isn't panic level, but it's concern. Because what was the biggest issue that impacted the 2023 Houston Astros? Pitching. It was the constant repeat injuries yeah. to the rotation. I mean, they lost McCullers and Garcia in the span of like two days. Where one was out, he's out, and then and then Garcia was like literally out. The, the next day, he was out for the year, and Arkady was out. Yeah, I was going to say Arkady wasn't far behind. I mean, they had three pitchers, three starters at one point down, two for the season, one for half the season. You had uh, Christian Javier with diminished velocity and diminished effectiveness. Mm-hmm. I mean, just. The starting pitching took more hits than any other team starting pitching could have handled. Sure. It was the injuries and under underperformance by not just the starters, but 
And we saw that in the bullpen as well with guys like Rafael Montero and Ryan Stanek. Uh, there was a lot of cause for concern uh, last year. And that's that's a little bit of my concern, but... Well, here we are, day one, mm-hmm. right? And you think about Justin Verlander's workload, right? This is a guy who used to make 32, 34 starts every single year, like clockwork. Yeah, it's I mean, been a minute, though. You want to talk about workload. From 2006 to 2014, the fewest games he started was 30, and that was only once. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it was 32, 33, 35, 33, 34, 33, 34, 32. Yeah, and look at the innings, too, during those seasons. Every year, <laughs> with the exception of 06, was over 200. Yeah. It was three times he led the league in innings pitched. Hurt in 2015, comes back 2016, 34, 33, 2018, uh, 2017, 33, 34, 34 in 2019, led the league in innings pitch. Has, you know, makes one start, needs TJ. Yep. Misses 2020, misses all of 2021, comes back, goes 175 innings. Mm-hmm. Just in the regular season. That doesn't even count all the postseason innings. He broke the record for most innings pitched by a pitcher coming back from Tommy John surgery. Yeah. Broke the record. And then. Last year, that went down to 162. Uh, obviously, his effectiveness, still a very effective pitcher. I mean, he pitched with a cum of 322 ERA. But from 175 to 322, he kind of regressed back to what was expected, which is a low three ERA pitcher. Yeah. But now he's 41, and the shoulder's a little cranky, and he made 27 starts last year, 28th year before you know he missed a month. Uh, with the Astros in 2022. He missed about a month last year, uh, early in the season with the Mets. You should expect Justin Verlander is going to miss four to seven starts because he's 41, and your body just over the six-month regular season is going to need a break. Sure. Right? He's had calf injuries. He's had, you know, not like real serious things, but things that are going to, hinder you from being able to pitch and pitch effectively for a couple of weeks at a time. Yeah. That he's starting the year with, my shoulder is cranky. Because, all right, no big deal. It's only two weeks behind until there's a setback. Sure. And then it's four weeks behind. And we know the Astros are, A, conservative by nature when it comes to how they treat their pitchers' injuries and that they are, not forthcoming in any way, shape, or form. We don't know how forthcoming Verlander is actually being. Well, let's hear from Astros manager Joe Espada, and you tell me if you get the vibe of concern from him. You know what? I, I'm not, and just because the way he's been, you know, our conversations, he's not giving me a reason to be concerned. But again, he's behind, and I trust JV's judgment, and our job is just to make sure that he's ready and help us throughout the season. All right, what about Astros GM Dana Brown? What did he have to say about his concern level? Nah, I mean, just some shoulder information. I think he's going to be fine. He's actually playing catch still. So at the end of the day, you know, some of these guys, when they get ramped up, you know, they feel a little soreness or whatever it is, and um, I think he's going to be fine. I'm not concerned at all. Look, he called it a hiccup. Uh, If he's a couple of weeks behind, 
and you're six weeks removed from opening day, and you have guys like Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, Hunter Brown, J.P. France, Jose Urquidy, and in a pinch, if you still want to stick with that six-man rotation when you're playing 38 games in a stretch of the first 40 days to begin the season, maybe you go Brandon Belak. Maybe Spencer Aragarty gets a call up earlier than anticipated. Maybe insert other guy that is able to contribute in a pinch to start the season. I don't know, but I don't want that hiccup, which I think is really better described at this point as a little indigestion or maybe heartburn to turn into a severe case of acid reflux. I think it's already acid reflux. And (laughs) if we're going to go that route, I just think... If, if JV needs two weeks to ramp up, then you you give him the full six weeks. You don't need to start the season with Justin Verlander. Would it be ideal? Sure. But he's, as you said, about to be 41. And correct me if I'm wrong, but did he or did he not have a quote-unquote hiccup early in spring training last year? On top of everything that you'd mentioned over the course of the last three, four, five years of him having a calf issue, him needing Tommy John, missing a couple of years, and then the issue last spring training, and now this spring training before it even starts, you've got the dudes, and I know you can't hang a hat on necessarily all of them, Christian Javier uh, and Jose Urquidy, just to name two, but you we can't go into spring training you know, thinking worst case scenario. We've heard a lot of positive and we should be hearing a lot of positive because, well, they went to another World Series last year. And for the most part, those guys, while underperformed in some cases, they're healthy, presumably, as they walk in the door day one. Well, look, they got to the ALCS last year and they had a 3-2 lead and the failures of the pitching or what they didn't go to the World Series. Last year, Verlander... Sorry, uh, I said Walter. You're yeah, right, but I ALCS. Mean, I yeah, meant, but yeah. just, you know, for the trolls who were like, oh my God, you said World Series? Like, yeah. you know what he meant. Sorry, it's habit. Don't, They've been to a lot four times out of the last seven years. Don't be an asshat <laughs> on day one, okay? I'm not, I'm not in the mood to deal with all y'all today with that. But Verlander missed five weeks last year right out the gate because he strained a muscle uh, behind his pitching shoulder. Mm-hmm. Right? So, it was... You know, just, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I could always just pick up the ball and start throwing it. And here's Dana Brown going, oh, it's just a little shoulder inflammation. Like, he's got a pimple. No, it's shoulder inflammation on a 41-year-old starter who's pitched, do you really want to know the exact number? 3,325 innings. Yeah, it's a lot of tread worn on those tires. Okay, a little shoulder inflammation? No, there's no such thing as a little shoulder inflammation for Justin Verlander, for what he means to the team, how important he is, and uh, you know, for for that section, that subsection of the fan base, and how much they pay him, because you know that somehow means he shouldn't get hurt or something like that. But this is something that is a concern. It's not a panic concern, but it's a legitimate concern mm-hmm. because of the age, because of it's a pitching shoulder, uh, because he oh well he he was he was playing catch today whoop-de-damn-doo he played catch today he's put him playing catch a month ago so it definitely is something that bears watching and then you mention you know the other pitchers the Astros have well there's another pitcher the Astros have whose shoulder is also cranky 
and that's J.P. France. Yeah, that was not good news today. So now J.P. France also has uh, a cranky arm, and here's a guy who's coming off a career high in innings pitched. Uh, you know, between the majors and the minors last year, uh, through a just not even get into the postseason, uh, through a, a career high 145 and two thirds innings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, 155 and two thirds innings. And at the end of the year, he was friggin' gas. Yeah, he sure was. He saw a significant ramp up in in, in workload. Uh, here is the report from J.P. France per Will Kunkel of Fox 26. France had been throwing for the past two days, shut down for nearly a week prior to that, said that he had an MRI, found inflammation. He has no concern for opening day at this point. Now, I'm going to nitpick a little bit. And I was doing this to Chris Santiago earlier today, and I know he doesn't appreciate it, but I think you might appreciate this one. I don't have any concern for J.P. France on opening day either. You know why? Because his ass ain't pitching opening day. Okay? There shouldn't be any concern. So <laughs> let's let's pull the curtain back a little bit further and give me, is there cause for concern about him making his first start in the rotation? That might yield a little bit different of a response because these guys are going to play coy and they're only going to answer directly with 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 what you ask specifically. Is he going to be ready for opening day? No concern for opening day. Well, to me, because he ain't pitching opening day. Whatever your first start of the year... <laughs> And, and I understand the, the tongue-in-cheek nature of that. But whatever your first start of the year is, that's opening. No, I need I need specifics because if he got shut down for a week, well, that's his ramp-up time. He ain't just peeling himself up off the couch and say, I'm going to roll into spring training and start my throwing program. These guys have been throwing for a little bit already. And a guy like J.P. France, who's coming off of a, a really impressive year, his first full season pretty much in the big leagues, you got to think the guy's pretty amped up to start the 2024 season on a World Series World Series contending team. Uh, this is the last thing you want to hear. But again, the Astros, they've got arms. They're not ideally the ones that you necessarily want to start the season with. But if he needs extra time, damn, as much as you had to rely on him last season, I'll give him the extra time too. We might just have to suck it up to begin the season for the month, first month or so. And and that is something, like you said, you know, last year the Astros had more injuries than really any other team could have withstood. Right. And that's because, well, you know, they've got Brandon Belak and they have Ronel Blanco, even though Ronel Blanco puts the world on base. He <laughs> finds ways to get out of it. Puts the world on he base. Does, oh, his whip has got to be like 1-5. <laughs> I mean, every time you look up, there's two guys on base, Ronald Blanco. <laughs> uh, but Blanco and, and Belak, Belak actually pitched fairly well. I mean, I mean, In spots, Belak, I thought he did too. Yeah. He had some games where he was terrific. He had a couple of games that got blown up that inflated his numbers. Uh, but he had more good games than bad. Yeah. If those guys got to get you through the first two to three weeks of April. So be it. So that you can yeah. get Verlander and you can get France back on track, then, then that's what it's going to be. That's mm-hmm. why you have those guys. That's why my first projection was both of those guys make the roster was so that when you needed somebody to give you two innings in relief, mm-hmm. you just started with only ready to give you three or four, you had somebody who could come in, pitch the fourth, pitch the fifth, maybe pitch the sixth if you needed it. They give you that, that ability to have multiple guys give you multiple innings. It's a big deal in the bullpen. 713-572-4610. Some of you guys are a little concerned. Some of you absolutely not. We'll get to some of your reaction when we come back. But also here, 
Uh, more from Joe Espada and Dana Brown. They closed the door on one major thing for this season, and pun is very much intended there. I'll explain next at Sports Radio 610. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bishani and Creighton. As I said before, I think we have three guys at the back end that can close games. I think Presley's going to have to close games at times. And, uh, you know, the fact that Hader is going to be the closer, you know, it's, it's exciting to see that we, we are that strong on the back end. And, um, you know, I'm excited for the season to start. Not that it was ever really in doubt. They didn't sign Josh Hader to a five-year, $95 million contract two weeks ago to be a setup guy. But I guess for some people out there, it was a question, and it needed to be addressed. And from Dana Brown, you're hearing him right there that, hey, Josh Hader, he's going to be our closer. I tell you this much, too. It's good to have a guy like manager Joe Espada in his first year who is handling things about his professional and as streamlined as I think we could all hope for. He wanted to make sure everyone was on the same page before the first day of work began. He said he'd met with both Hader and Presley yesterday. Yesterday in my office, and uh, when both pitchers are available, Hader will pitch the ninth inning. How, how did that meeting go for... Uh... It, it went well. I, I think both guys want the best for this team. Um, I think the ultimate goal is to hold that trophy uh, at the end of the year, and both guys were, were on board. And he reiterated the necessity for transparency between both of the pitchers and him. This conversation has been going on for for a few days. Uh, I was waiting. Um, I had individual meetings with them, but I wanted to have them both in the office because this is a team and I will ultimately make that decision. But I want them to let me know how they feel. So there is no uh, transparency. Again, it's, it's extremely important for us to keep this team united. And 100% agree with that. Uh, Well done by Joe Espada. And I would imagine, PC, that's probably the third said conversation that you have with both of those guys. You probably discussed the idea pre-trade and then Tuesday and again today in the office making sure everybody's on the same page. I think job well done by Joe Espada there. Just wanted to clear some things up, though, numbers-wise, in case anybody out there was doubting themselves as if this was ever not going to be the case. When Hayter was even thought of, he was going to be the closer for the Houston Astros. Nearly 70% of the innings that Josh Hayter has pitched in his career have come in the ninth inning as a team's closer. Presley, while he's exclusively closed ball games the past three seasons for the Astros and has, has been one of the very best in the postseason during that same stretch, Press has thrown 20% of his career innings in the seventh, 23% in the eighth, 37% of his career innings in the ninth, the bulk of which have come within the last three years. You go back four years ago, he pitched a little bit towards the end of the season and accumulated like 12 saves during that stretch uh, with the Astros, but there was never any doubt. Um, look, 
I don't know if you heard Dana Brown earlier today say we were kind of talking uh, tongue in cheek about this. Well, maybe you, less me. I was really hoping they'd bring Hector Neris back to be the sixth inning guy, but <laughs> Dana Brown basically said, dude, we got Rafael Montero. Montero's legit. He's legit. If he could be our sixth inning guy, could you imagine if Montero gets back to the version that he was two years ago? You got Montero in the sixth, and then you've got seven, eight, nine locked up with Abreu, Presley, and Hayter. That is a beautiful thing, PC. I don't think Montero will ever be what he was you know, two years ago. Probably not, because he, he wasn't that be, before. If he could be who he was second half of last year, yeah, you'll that's take that. perfectly fine for the sixth inning, occasionally the seventh inning when one of your big three are unavailable that day and everybody moves up, mm-hmm. right? So if Hayter's unavailable, Presley's going to close, Abreu's going to pitch the eight, Montero's going to pitch the seven. Yeah. If Presley's unavailable, and look, Presley doesn't, Presley doesn't pitch a lot of back-to-backs, Three and four days. No, you remember last year wasn't the postseason for the first time in like two years. Did uh, Dusty asked him to go back to back? He doesn't. He doesn't do that. So he did the regular it, but... season. Doesn't do that during the regular <laughs> season. So Abreu will pitch the eighth, and Montero will pitch the seventh. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's the whole reason you've got that three headed monster is so that big games. Those three guys make it a six inning game, and when one of those guys needs some downtime, well, now you got two others instead of just one. Yeah. To carry the slack for you. And I think that's why, didn't Dana Brown speak to this uh, a couple of weeks ago after he made that move to Josh Hader? If Maybe he didn't say it exactly like this, but I feel like you can kind of connect the dots. If they knew that they were going to retain Hector Neris, you don't make the move for Josh Hader. No, and who would you rather have, Hector Neris or Josh Hader? Because that took a half a second to figure sure. out. Now, even though I think Neris signed, I forget where he'd signed, but it was like for a year at $8 bucks, or maybe just slightly more than that. But I think a lot of people looked at that and they're like, damn, you know, why couldn't the Astros swing that? Well, because if you know you can go get a guy like Josh Hader, who at his age, just turned 29, I believe, you get him on a five-year deal. He's one of the best arms, best closers in baseball. If you can lock the ninth inning up, as Ryan Presley is going to be 36 later on this year, um, you've got to do that. And Press has experience being an eighth-inning guy. Abreu can pitch seventh or the eighth. Presley might even pitch the seventh at times, depending on how things break this next season, Patrick. You never know who's going to be available, who's not going to be available, however it shakes out with injury, stuff like that. But you make that deal every time, 10 times out of 10. And here's the long and short of it, right? Ryan Presley's, you know, going to be 36. Well, Edgar Neris is 35, mm-hmm. and he's coming off of career season. 35-year-old guys in the bullpen don't generally repeat career seasons. Nobody, you know, bullpen guys are the most volatile commodity in Major League Baseball. That's why the guys who are closers get paid so much because they're consistent year in, year out. Ryan Presley, consistent. Josh Hader, consistent. Hader's stuff is just electric. And, yeah, you're paying a lot of money for, for Hader. But you also saw last year, uh, Hector Neris had a great start and faded a bit down the stretch. There is going to be a regression to the mean for Hector Neris, who signed for a one-year $9 million deal with Chicago. But there is also a club option for $9 million the following year. That becomes a player option if he makes 60 appearances. Ah, uh-huh, okay. Well, he'd have probably made 60 appearances for the Astros. So you'd have gotten two years and $18 million, or you know you could go get an absolute stud who's in the prime of his career, sure. uh, who basically now is going to take over for your 35, soon-to-be 36-year-old uh, closer, 
and you created the best back of the bullpen in Major League Baseball. Absolutely, and it's just that. It's not It's not just the action of going out and getting a Josh Hader. It's him and how he fits in with the rest of the bullpen, with the rest of the makeup of the team. Because when, when, when Dana Brown and the Astros made that move, you know you immediately felt like, hell yeah, they are trying to keep this window open for as long as they possibly can. You don't go out and get a $100 million closer for the next five years because you plan on losing significant pieces and not ponying up and paying guys that you know can help you continue to win or contend for World Series. That made you feel great about that situation. And yes, it made absolute business and baseball sense. 713-572-4610. You want to call, text, be a part of the show, hit us up on Twitch and YouTube, Twitter as well. Hey, Sean, let me... I want to uh, address a couple of texts we got here. I hope you're going to get the one that I was going to get. From uh, from Eric Williams on the text line. Okay. Okay? Why are y'all making a big deal about Verlander and JP? If y'all knew anything about actually playing baseball instead of commenting on it. That's the one. Trying to get the fan base riled up. That's pitiful sports journalism. Give me a break. I can't even listen to y'all sometimes. Sheesh. <laughs> Tell me you don't know jack squat about baseball by sending a text, brother. All right? I know this is the Texan station, and we talk a lot of Texans here. Okay? But if you knew anything about me, you know I'm the baseball guy. And they didn't bring me in here because, well, I'm not the baseball guy. I get to work with another baseball guy. Let me educate you since apparently you've never been to school. Why are we making a big deal about Verlander? Because he's 41, stupid. That's why. Because older pitchers don't get healthier as they get older. Why are we making a big deal about JP? Because he just threw nearly 50 innings more than any other season in his entire professional career. Now, the the, the part that's in his favor is he's age 28. And rule of 50 usually applies to guys 26 and under. But the fact that he's age 28 and had never thrown more than 114 innings, and looked absolutely freaking spent down the stretch last year. That They're all the red flags in the damn universe are on J.P. France for diminished performance this year, for higher risk of injury, because his workload was bigger than anything he'd ever had in his damn life. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure this out, I mean, all you had to do was really just follow baseball for the last, I don't know, 30 years, and you probably could have figured it out by, I don't know, reading stories or talking to big-time pitching coaches like Leo Mazzoni and Rick Peterson. Things I've done, probably you haven't. This is why when you see these guys, specifically these guys, having shoulder injuries, yeah, it should open your eyes. I didn't say set the house on fire. I didn't say pull the panic alarm. I said you should be concerned about it. I didn't make a big deal about it. But you think we made a big deal about it. So let me educate you so that you understand the English. Preach. Okay? 41-year-old pitchers, especially guys who had major injuries two years ago. Okay, 28-year-old pitchers with now suddenly bigger workloads than ever before who looked absolutely gassed down the stretch a year ago, pitching longer. Because remember, the minor league season ends before the major league season. And then they went to the postseason. Longer season. Shorter off season. 
These things matter, especially to a team that already has two pitchers in the rotation who won't be here till probably August. So, I mean, if, if none of these things matter, they always oh, just blow right over this. You're an idiot. And I'm sorry if it feels like I'm being harsh. Okay, but when if you want to come, you better freaking come loaded because I come loaded and I don't miss. You can't handle the truth. The truth is in here. It's Area 45. He's Patrick Creighton. I'm Sean Bajani. Coming up next, we'll see if Andre Johnson matched Patrick Creighton's excitement and energy when he spoke to the media earlier today. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 